Praise God. Mm. I don't think she knows what I'm preaching on today, but she was on it. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to tell y'all, I was sitting here in the front, and God was speaking to me. And he said, uh, I like this church. That's what he said to me. He said, I like this church. And he said, I like Pastor Kevin and Sister Sherry. And he said, I like the leadership of this church because they are an open door for me to be who I am to this people. And God said, you are in a safe place. You are in a place of angelic protection. You are in a place of God's divine protection. And God said, even in this place, you can grow and fulfill your God-given purpose and the dream that God has put within your heart because you're being challenged over and over and over again to come on in, come on in, come on deeper, amen? And so it's up to you. Nobody's holding you back. Nobody's telling you you can't, amen? You've just got to step in and step up and go with it, amen? Hallelujah. I was privileged when I was young in the, in the Holy Ghost to have a pastor. He's a spiritual father, Jimmy Fair. And he was a Bible teacher, and he would teach an hour and a half to two hours every service, and nobody disliked it. They, we had, I had notebooks piled beside my bed higher than my bed uh, by the end of a year, uh, and it was just incredible teaching. It was the best thing that could happen to me at that time. I had a strong prophetic gift in me. I was young. I didn't know who I was. And the teaching of the word brought me into understanding, amen, and brought balance to my life. It was so powerful. God said that this church is a church of balance, amen. There are some that would like it to be a church of the extremes, but it is not called to be a church of the extremes. God said this is a family church. This is a church that I can gather families and they will find safety and they will find the love that I've put with them from the beginning and they will be able to minister and raise their children in the ammunition of the Lord. Amen. And so it's a powerful place. It's a powerful time. Amen. And, and I, I just, would you stand up, Pastor Kevin, and just share, just stand up. I, I don't know that I have a whole big word, but I have just a simple thing that God wants to tell you. God said, I'm increasing the influence. God said of this church, but I'm increasing your influence out of, the, out of this place to the nations. And God said that you will do what you do from this place and you will continue on in stability, saith God. And I say that I will bring finances. There's financial wealth that has been prophesied that is coming to this church. And God said, I'm going to bring the increase and the gospel is going to go around the world from this place. And God said, many that you 
have raised up will be those that go. And God said, you will support them and you will back them and they will carry my word with, with, with a presence and obedience to me. And God said, my anointing shall be strong upon them and they will be inhibited to, to walk with me and do my bidding. And they will declare the word of the Lord. And I say unto you that I am pleased with you and I am pleased with the leadership of this church and and I am pleased with the body, the people in this church. For they have said, I am with God. I am for God. And they have backed it with their wallets, with their pocketbooks. And God said, increases on the way, saith God. For I shall send people in to write major checks. And you'll never see them again. They'll be here just to deliver checks. God said, I'm going to do that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Go over to Hebrews. Oh, I got one more thing I got to do right now. Where was the young lady that was releasing the healing? Where is she at? Would you come up here? Come up here. Y'all, we're going to release healing together. She was so right. I walked in this house, and there is a healing anointing that is just flowing in here. And God said it was the expectation of the people. And God said the expectation of the people has brought him here tonight or today as a healer. Amen. And so come up here. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. I just loved I just love the authority. Step up here. Come on. What's your name? Riley. All right. Briley. Briley with a B. Amen. Well, Briley with a B, you were right to step up and share that word. And if there are people in here that need healing, there is a corporate anointing here. And right now, I don't have to wait until I preach to release it. Uh, there are so many things God wants to do here today, amen? And so one of them is he wants to heal you. Now, he spoke to me about two categories of people. He said there was people in here with cancer, and there were people in here with heart disease. You had heart problems. And God said he is going to focus on you today. And God said healing is coming to you today in the name of Jesus. But God is going to heal everything. Everybody say, throw in the kitchen sink. Amen. He's going to remove the arthritis. He's going to remove all kinds of things from your life. Cataracts are going to go. Your eyes that were dim are going to see. Some of you are going to put your glasses up and never need them again. Amen. Some of your ears are going to open and you're going to see. Uh, you're going to be able to hear and, 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 and you might have to get rid of a hearing aid. Amen. I, I remember being down in uh, Panama City and I prayed with this guy and I found out he was one of the four founders of the Full Gospel Businessman. He was an older gentleman and uh, he had hearing aids and God healed him and he took the hearing aids and brought them up and put them in a basket. And so anyway, he left the service and he was hearing perfectly and about 30 minutes later he came back 
And he said, I need my hearing aids. I said, brother, I said, can you hear me? He said, oh, yeah. He said, but I can sell them. I can make some good money off of them. <laughs> Amen. I thought, man, he is a full gospel businessman. Amen. He wasn't going to let nothing slide. And so God can heal you and deliver you today. Uh, uh, rotary cuffs, knees, hips, just get ready. God's going to move. If you need healing in your body, stand your feet right now. And whatever it is, just expect God to touch your body. Some of you'll feel heat go through your body. Some of you'll feel tingling. Some of you'll just notice that the pain is gone. You can press, and you'll see that the ulcers are gone. The hiatal hernia is gone. It'll be so powerful. Amen. Everybody say, God, God. is talking to me. He has brought healing in the house for me. I renounce every spirit of infirmity, every spirit that oppresses my body and my mind, and I command it to go. I renounce you. I will not share the temple of God with devils. In the name of Jesus, you will leave now. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray for you now, and as we pray, just lift your hands. And when we get through, we're going to give God a great big praise. Amen. And you can check yourself out, and you'll know you're healed. Amen. But I, I just feel like you got it on you too, honey, and I felt like it was a, a double team. Amen. Let's double team on this. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you feel like you got something, you just reach and get the mic. You got it, okay? Hallelujah. Glory unto God. Father God, this healing anointing that you brought in this place is sovereign. God, it was brought by your spirit before we even prepared or planned. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we welcome to do your will and to fulfill your destiny in this place today. Father God, we take authority over every spirit of infirmity and we break its power. We command cancer to leave bodies. We command heart disease, congestive heart failure. Father God, weak hearts, weak valves, bad circulatory systems. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody suffers migraines all the time, but God is moving on you and the migraine has left you even today. And God said it's not coming back. God said, I've healed the cause of it, and it's not coming back. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, we give you praise. Somebody was having problems in your esophagus. When you eat, you get choked on your food. God is healing your esophagus right now. God said, I heal the esophagus. I make the esophagus whole. I heal you now in the name of Jesus. God said, I make you whole. That rotary cuff I would call out. There's a couple of you got problems even moving your arm. You can throw your hand in the air now because God has healed you. He has made you whole. There's no more restriction. God has healed you in Jesus' name. If you just got healed, yell amen. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Not only can the Lord heal diseases and sickness, he frees you from all um, addictions. So yes. porno pornography, um, anything to do with vaping, smoking, addiction to any drugs, you need to leave in the name of Jesus. You have no place here. Um, you can have freedom. You can have freedom. You can have salvation, and Jesus Christ brings you that. So all pain of any um, illness in your lungs, any kind of addiction to pornography, that must go in the name of Jesus. You have no place. The name of Jesus is the biggest name in the world. It is the greatest name in history. And darkness cannot hide when you say the name of Jesus. So when you are feeling like you are um, under oppression, you just say, Jesus, I need you. Father, I need you, Jesus. And I ask for your deliverance right now. So thank you, Father, that your name brings freedom and deliverance and power and you are the healer you are our favor lord you are our love jesus and we praise you and we thank you for our deliverance today and our healing in all of our life in jesus name amen Hallelujah! praise the lord see god's getting it done there's people that got disc and vertebrae that are messed up, but God is healing you in your back right now. He's healing disc and vertebrae. He's healing you all the way down in the lumbar area, all the way up into the base of your neck. God is healing backs right now. The spine is being healed. The disc, the vertebrae are being healed right now. Hallelujah. Nerves are being healed right now. The sciatic nerve is being healed. In the name of Jesus, you are free from your pain. You are free from the restriction that has been done unto you. God is restoring you. There's somebody that's had metal in your body, and God is moving the metal out, and you can actually move and do what you couldn't do before. Uh, you need to check yourself out. We see a lot of metal leave bodies. We've seen the bars in the back and the nuts and bolts in the ankles, God just dissolves them and he gives you all new parts. Just get the new parts right now. In the name of Jesus, just receive the new parts right now. In the name of Jesus, somebody's eyes are being healed right now. In the name of Jesus, he's making you whole. Yeah, I, you, you see blackness like spots. I guess it'd be like cataracts or something like that. But God said, I'm removing it, and you're going to see 2020 with no blockages in the name of Jesus. As people were nearsighted. God is strengthening your eyes, and you're going to see. You're going to have to take your glasses off to see today. Glory to God. And there's people farsighted, and God's healing your eyes. He's adjusting your eyes. He's adjusting the muscles in your eyes. He's making you whole in the name of Jesus. And you're going to have to get rid of your glasses or your contacts to see. God is just doing it for you. He's just making you whole. Amen. Somebody has like a polyp or something on your throat in your vocal area. And God is healing you right now. He's removing the polyp. He's removing gross off of people. He's removing cysts from under your skin. He's removing cysts from inside your body. God is healing you right now in the name of Jesus. Would y'all just give him a praise right now? And just sub He's just moving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got anything else? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
Hallelujah. You know, when arthritis leaves, it leaves your bones. It leaves your toes. And there's people, I saw women that had toes on top of each other. And God is loosening those toes. And they're going to go back into place for you. And you're going to be able to walk again in the name of Jesus. Amen. And some of you, this is just something God does special. Amen. Some of you didn't have arches. But I'm telling you, when you take your shoes off, whether it be at home or here, you're going to find out you have arches. God has healed you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, watch how you sat down like you did. But now, if you know you have received healing in your body, there's many things we didn't call out that God has healed. Amen. And so, if you know you've got healing in your body, stand to your feet right now. If you know you've received healing in your body, there's one. Boy, she must be. There you go. Thank you. Amen. People received healing. Those back there, glory to God. Come on, stand up. More, come on. Are y'all here? Hallelujah. God didn't heal just them. He healed everybody we talked about. I'm telling you, he's healed you. You can tell if you've got healing in your body and you know it, stand to your feet. Somebody said, well, I think so. I might say, man, you've got to take your healing by faith. You've got to make it your own. Amen. When God has moved on you, you say, well, I ain't got no pain right now. Well, stand up and say, bless God, the pain's gone. Amen. Hallelujah. Receive what God has done for you. I tell you, it's one thing, you know, people say, well, I'm just walking out. God's going to heal me. Well, it's powerful to do that. But when God delivers it to you, everybody say a miracle comes to me no matter what. But faith receives the miracle. In other words, you have to make it your own. Amen. Glory to God. Now, I'd love to hear what you got healed of. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. And there's just a few. There's like eight or nine, y'all. Y'all must have been the sickest folks in, in the land. Amen. God's just moving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, um, the difference in people like Barry Miracle and, and myself is we'll just step out and do whatever God says. Amen. Just whatever he says do, do it. If he says say it, we'll say it. And we don't care about our reputation. We really don't. We just want God to have his liberty, amen? We don't want to be caught in heaven being said, yeah, I want to move many times, but you wouldn't let me. Are y'all here? We want to be the ones that said, God says, yeah, man, we got a lot accomplished together. Amen? How many of y'all want to be that way? You want to be the one that God moves through your household because you obeyed him. Amen? You want to be the one that God moves for your finances because you obeyed him. You want to be the one, come on, that, that carries deliverance to somebody because you obeyed him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Go with me to, over to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6, I believe, is where we need to go. My wife started talking about kings and priests. 
And so what I'm going to talk to you all about is Melchizedek. Everybody say Melchizedek. Now, when I was growing up, I listened to many, many preachers. And every one of them, when they'd hit the subject of Melchizedek, they would say, well, the Bible just don't say much about him. And so one day I was in Corning, Arkansas, and I was at the oldest Pentecostal church there in Corning, Arkansas, and I had a new Bible that had 27 translations in it, and the first translation was King James, and anything that disagreed with King James was written below it. And you'll find out there's very few that disagree with King James, amen? And so, but anyway, I decided because I was a prophet to the church, and they had not seen a prophet ever, I don't believe. And uh, they took me to a little room with a little cot, and that was my sleeping quarters for a week. And uh, they never came and took me out. They never came and offered any conversations like they didn't want me to know anything. And so while I was there, I decided I would study about Melchizedek. Well, in our Bible college, there's six weeks of study on Melchizedek. There is lots that is in the Bible about Melchizedek. It talks about it in the book of Genesis. It talks about it in the book of Psalms. And it talks about Melchizedek in the book of Hebrews. Now, if y'all wonder why a lot of people don't preach out of the book of Hebrews, it's because it's a book of the Spirit. Are y'all here? And the whole book is about the Melchizedek priesthood. And so, everybody say the whole book of Hebrews is about the Melchizedek priesthood. So, in my studying with God, God would download things to me. You know, like I would be in there reading, and all of a sudden I'd get a download. And uh, I would go, wow, that's good, that's great, man. You just don't even know how fired up I get with new revelation. It just blesses me, man. And so, anyway, I get this revelation of the ministry of the Melchizedek priesthood. And, you know, and I get this revelation of the sacrifices of the Melchizedek priesthood. Amen? And so everybody say, Melchizedek has a ministry and it has sacrifices. So I want to show you why I took you to Hebrews chapter 6, the very last verse to start with. It says in verse 20, he said, Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. How many of y'all know Jesus Christ is forever the high priest of the church in all eternity? Well, he's not a Levitical priest. He is a Melchizedek priest. Now, don't y'all think that his priesthood would be important to us to know it and understand it? Hallelujah. God spoke to me and he said, how can I have a church that does what they're supposed to be doing if they don't even understand their priesthood? And I thought, well, that's a good point, God. 
That's a good point. Amen. Go with me over to Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14. Glory unto God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Y'all have any lights for up here when I'm preaching? Or is that it? I, you know, I've got pretty good eyes and I can read in the dark, but I don't like to. Amen. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, that really helped. Amen. All right, so Abraham has just finished what they call the slaughter of the kings. What he found out is that Lot and his family had been taken captive with all his possessions. There was an army of six nations and three countries, I mean three cities, and they'd come in and they were overthrowing and when he found out that they had taken Lot and his family prisoners, it didn't say God told him anything. He just said, that's not right. Are y'all here? Have you ever just said, that's not right? I mean, to be in a situation, you go, this ain't right. Amen. You need to recognize those times. So Abraham turned to his 318 hired servants and he said, beat your farm tools into weapons. And he said, we're going after a lot. So he said, we're fixing to go up against six countries and three cities, and we're going to get a lot back with 318 soldiers. Are y'all here? And we talk about Samson, and we talk about Israel and the odds they came against. But everybody say, the father of my faith did some real odds. Amen. And he did it by faith. And and here's what he did. He he um he took his 318 servants and they went after Lot. And they got there and the Bible declares here and in Hebrews we'll read it that it was a slaughter of the kings. In other words, they slaughtered these armies. Can you imagine the, amen, I just think about that. You know, it says Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his tens of thousands. Well, I want you to know in reality they had. How many of y'all would want David as a pastor? He killed 10,000 people. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. And so it's just something to think about. But anyway, so Abram is returning from the slaughter of the kings. And it says, and in verse 17, And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after he returned to the, uh, from the slaughter of Shadamar and of the kings that were with him, and at the valley of Sheva, Sheva and, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek king of Salem brought forth bread and wine. Now, I want y'all to get a picture. Abraham got God excited. He said, man, I didn't even tell him to do this, but he just believed in the covenant so strong 
that he just went after these armies. No, the odds were incredible, and yet he comes out victorious, neither say because God did what he said. He would back the covenant partner, amen? And so he backed the covenant partner, and so he comes back, and all of a sudden this Melchizedek meets Abraham. And watch what it says. And this and Melchizedek, king of Salem, which means peace, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Now this is a priesthood of heaven that existed before Levitical priest. Amen? And it says, and he blessed him. So he brought him bread and wine. Then he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. That's huge. And blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered thine enemies into thy hand, and he gave him a tenth of all. So Abraham took a tenth of all his spoils and everything he had done and gave it to this Melchizedek. Now, in history, it tells you this is one of the sons of Noah. But the mantle is what we're interested in because it was a mantle of heaven. So it existed before the sons of Noah. Amen? Now, I look at this, and in this scripture, it gives me what the ministry of a Melchizedek priest is. How many of y'all have understood already that I am a Melchizedek priest? You are a Melchizedek priest. Amen? You are not a different priesthood from Jesus. You are a priesthood after Melchizedek. So if you believe that, raise your hand. Amen? So let's take a look and see what our ministry is in. In this particular scripture, he says, um, hallelujah. It says, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. Y'all, what do we use bread and wine for? Communion. Everybody say Melchizedek gave Jesus to Abraham. You remember what he said when Jesus said, except a man eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, he has no part of me? He said he has to receive me. Melchizedek delivered Jesus to Abraham. Amen? Stop and think about it. Everybody say, my first ministry as a Melchizedek priest is to give people Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, look what he says here. He says, um, and he blessed him. <coughs> Amen. You know, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, that our God has blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places. How many of y'all know that scripture? Everybody say, I've been blessed with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. That means 
you're getting to wear his name. The name that's above every name in heaven and earth and beneath the earth. You are a one that is operating in the name of Jesus. The word of God said we're seated together at the right hand of God in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, I'm sitting with Jesus in his throne. In the position of authority, that's what right hand means. That's what right hand means. It means in a position of authority. Why? Because I'm operating in his authority in the earth. Glory to God. When you start realizing you're operating in his authority in the earth, man, you don't mind telling the devil to get out of here. Amen. Hallelujah. Who are you? Who are you? Come on. There's an attitude that comes with knowing you've been given great things. Everybody say there's, you know, I have authority over all devils. I have authority over all sickness and disease. I have authority over poverty and lack. Man, I mean, you know, I have authority as the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is not in word but in power. I have the authority and the power of God to release heaven into your earth. And that's what I'm here doing today. I'm here to release heaven into your earth. I want you to believe it. I want you, the, the word of God says, if you continue in my word, you shall be my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When you believe it, you will possess it. Amen. If that isn't a reason for coming to church, I don't know why you should. Come on, are y'all here? Because I want to be in a place where I'm sharing truth with people so that it'll register with me and bring freedom to my life. How many of y'all want a little more freedom than you got right now? Amen? Hallelujah. More freedom. Come on. Hallelujah. So all of a sudden, we see that he gave him Jesus and he blessed him. Y'all, it is for us to give people Jesus and to bless out of all those spiritual blessings that have been poured out upon us. Are y'all here? We have the ability to bless beyond our means. Come on, do you understand? Glory to God. And look at the third ministry. Y'all gonna love this, amen? And it said, he blessed him, and he said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. I always tell everybody, before I got spirit-filled, I was earthbound. But now I have all the resources of heaven available to me. Amen. You may be earthbound. You may be limited in your ability. But greater is he that's in you than he is in the world. I want you to know you're more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. You have all the resources of heaven behind you. I have angelic assistance behind me. Are y'all here? Glory to God. Amen. It says, And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand, and he gave him tithes of all. Everybody say Melchizedek priest. Melchizedek priest. 
receive tithes and offerings. Now, why do we receive tithes and offerings? It's because in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, it says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's the reason why God has tithes, offerings, and alms. Why did he do extra? Because some people write a tithe check and never give their heart to God. So God will come on the scene and say, hey, give this much. And you go, oh, that's digging a little deep, God. You sure? And he said, yeah, because I'm trying to get your heart. Amen? That's why the offering, when God says give an offering, it's not just for the person you're giving it to. It's so your heart will go all the way into God. Remember he said, if your eye be single, your whole body shall be filled with light. But if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be filled with darkness. And if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is your darkness? See, the body of Christ can live with the lights fully on, or you can live with the lights off. When you are a giver, when you are faithful to give your tithes and offerings, it causes the lights to be on. Amen? I'll tell you, you can see when somebody gets frustrated at church and decides they're going to be negative and all that, one of the first things they do is quit giving. And when they quit giving, everybody say they become blind. Amen? And so then you can't talk to them because they can't see anything you're trying to tell them. Amen? I tell everybody, you know, Cain and Abel was in the garden and, and they had brought sacrifice unto God. But it said uh, that uh, Cain brought an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought the first fruits and then the fat thereof. Everybody say the law of first works with the law of tithing. So he tithed and then he gave fat. He gave the offering. And God had respect unto his offering. Did you know God will have respect in your offering if you're a faithful tither? If you're not, you're just throwing it in the wind. But keep throwing it because the church needs it. <laughs> Amen. Just, you know, God would like to bless you in your giving. But you got to do it according to his principles and the way he has laid it out. Amen. I call the tithe the wedding band. Amen. It's like I'm in covenant with God. And as long as I'm able to give the wedding band, I'm able to stay in covenant. Come on. Are y'all here? It's a powerful thing. So everybody say, Melchizedek priest, give people Jesus, bless them, and then they receive tithes. Isn't that powerful? Glory to God. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 7. We're about, we're about to get there. We're going to talk about three sacrifices. Do you know in Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 24, he says that the God of peace would sanctify you wholly, that your whole spirit, that your whole soul, that your whole body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. Amen. Everybody say, I'm a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. 
Amen. And God wants all three to be sanctified. What that means, he wants all three parts of my being to be set apart unto him. Uh, you know, I, I used to look at a lot of those uh, Chinese movies. And they always did this thing. I think it was a new one that came out, something about one. And the whole idea is that the spirit, soul, and body was one. And in being that one, you could accomplish great things. Amen? Did you know the number of man is six? And you're a three-part being, so how do you work that out? Well, you get born again, there's four. You get baptized in the Holy Ghost, that's five. And you come in your relationship with the Father, that's six. Everybody say, I'm only a half a man till I get saved. Amen. And when I come into the fullness of God, I become a complete man. And what happens is when we begin to walk together with God, we walk together with him as one. And when we allow our spirit man to take charge, because out of your spirit flow the issues of life, then the soul and the body will come into alignment. Are y'all here? And now you got the mind of Christ. You got Father, Son, Holy Ghost, my spirit, my soul, my body, and man, that's a powerful place to walk. That's a powerful place. Isn't that amazing that God has made that available? Glory to God. In chapter 7, there are three sacrifices that God has called the Melchizedek priest to. Everybody say, God has called me to do three sacrifices. And if you are doing one of these, that's good, but you're too short. You need to realize, you know, some people will say, well, I'm this or I'm that. Well, a Melchizedek priest may be all of them. And so you want to be able to know what your sacrifices are because it will sanctify your spirit, your soul, and your body. And each one of them sanctify a different part. Are y'all here? So this is the Melchizedek priesthood and the value of it. So starting in verse 7, it says, And this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, that being by interpretation king of righteousness, after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without uh, descent, having neither beginning of days or end of life, but made like unto the Son of Man, abideth the priest continually. Now, the reason why I'm telling you Melchizedek is a mantle is because Jesus had a father and a mother. He had a beginning of days. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And he has an end of days. And y'all, we're his descent. Are y'all here? And so he's a priest, which means he's a go-between. He's the one that stands in the gap for you and me. 
So it can't be God himself because God himself does not be a priest to himself. Are y'all here? And so I'm wanting you to get a hold of this priesthood being a mantle. Now, in this it says, <clears throat> it says, now consider how great man this was to whom uh, even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of his spoils. So stop and think about it. This Melchizedek, Abraham, the tenth of the spoils of slaughtering six nations and cities would have been outrageous. And Abraham gave this man a tenth. It's the first time he ever meets this guy. As far as we know, it's the only time he ever meets this guy. Everybody say, he gave his tithe to God through the high priest, Melchizedek. See, he was finally able to give to God. Before Constantine, the church was growing very rapidly home to home and in big meetings and in, uh, in the synagogues and also all kinds of squares. I mean, wherever they were able to preach, they just preached. But what Constantine did, he said, we're going to set up a one-man show. And we're going to put one man in charge of a church. Now, what I love about this church is it's not a one-man show. He has allowed eldership to rise. He's got people strong faith like Barry Miracle involved. Amen? Hallelujah. You got, you got people that don't mind being heard and speaking up. And so... You know what he's allowing? He's allowing a five-fold ministry to exist within the body. Well, what Constantine did is he set up a one-man show, and he shut down the other four gifts. And so all of a sudden, you had a pastor. They called him a bishop. Amen? Everybody say, one gift to train the body of Christ when God said it takes five. Amen? And so that's what happened to the church. The church literally defunded for the gifts, and only one gift was being taken care of, and that was the pastor. Are y'all here? And what happened is the church quit growing, quit getting revelation. They, I mean, dark ages. Are y'all here? Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, Hallelujah. God wants you to bless walking dead men. If you pay your tithes to walking dead men, you'll see what a tithe does. God said he'll rebuke the devourer for you. How many of y'all are tired of fighting with the devil? I remember fighting with the devil so much, I said, God, I have fought all the brothers of Goliath. I've fought the whole Philistine army. I've all fought all these ites out here. And I said, if this is all life is, I'm ready to go home. I said, I'm tired of fighting. Boy, God trained me another way. Everybody say obedience is greater than sacrifice. I'm telling you, you may be stuck on your warfare. Don't make your warfare God. Because I'm going to tell you, you'll get hurt by it. Hallelujah. It'll devastate your family. I used to be a general in the warfare movement. 
And I'm telling you what the results was is we'd come against spirits over areas and we'd bring the congregation to that fight. And the problem was is most of the congregation was bound by that spirit. And all we did was loose that spirit on the people. Man, I'm telling you, people, there was more divorces and more infirmities and more people going bankrupt and broke, and we were doing the faithful fight. Are y'all here? But glory to God. Amen. Got a road of revelation. I get to tread. I get to tread on serpents and scorpions. I'm seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places. I never, if I ever pointed up and told the devil to get down, I'm fighting from the wrong position. Are y'all here? I'm not supposed to be fighting these battles, amen, head on. If you're fighting head on, you'll lose. You're fighting an adversary that's been around thousands of years beyond you. And so what I do is I walk with God. I walk in love. I walk in obedience. If God says you got to deal with that, I deal with that. I was going to Panama City, Florida one time, and a spirit got in the car with me. It was a spirit of lust. And I mean, it got in the car, and it was so thick and so heavy, and the worst thoughts in the world started going through my mind. And I said, God, what in the world is this? And he told me, this is the spirit that's over this city. I want you to tell it to leave. And I said, I command this spirit to leave. And it broke. It broke. I mean, so quick. And then I went down into the city. And I went to this church that I was called to preach at. I'd never been there. And I walked in, and they were embalmed with the spirit of lust. I'm telling y'all, I never felt it before like this, but I was preaching and literally felt people undressing me while I was preaching. It was awful. And so my, my deal was, I'm getting out of here. And so I ministered a little bit, and I got out. And when I got out, all of a sudden the pastor called me. I knew he was going to call and uh, he said, Brother Tony, could you just come back one more night? And I said, ah, brother. I said, I need to talk to you before I come back. And he said, well, let's talk. And I said, uh, okay. I said, y'all got the worst spirit of lust in your church I've ever seen. And he said, brother, I know it. We had a church meeting about it before you came. And we just believed that maybe you were the one that could get us delivered. And I said, oh, I've been sitting here to deliver y'all from the spirit of lust. And I'm telling you, I'd already dealt with the head spirit. God let me deal with it. So I said, okay, I'll come back. And that night I addressed it and we broke it. And y'all went to that church every five weeks for about three, four years. And I'm telling you, God was moving in that church like you wouldn't believe but the things that those people had been into before would make you crazy. How in the world can God move with this people? But I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus is powerful. Amen. And uh, he delivered them. They wanted deliverance, and they got delivered. I remember riding down the road after I got through, and they called me, and they said, uh, Brother Tony, uh, 
we know we're a mess. And they said, if you want to, just call us your Dirty Bird Ministries. But we want to be associated with you. And I said, <laughs> I just laughed. But anyway, uh, I said, sure. I said, we'll, we'll work together. We're going to help you out. And we did. And it was incredible what God did with that people. It was incredible. That pastor, I released him into heaven. I took him by the hand and said, go. He went into heaven. He had a brain tumor. And when he was in heaven, he was standing there by a river, and it was a river of life. And he saw a leaf floating down the river. And God said, take that leaf and eat it. And he took that leaf and ate it, and he was healed of a brain tumor. Amen? Hallelujah. But that was the pastor of that church. Amen? It was so, so powerful. Amen? Now, we're going to move on here. And uh, hallelujah. Y'all, there's all kinds of things I'm not sharing with you about Melchizedek. Everybody say six weeks of study. I can't do it. Amen? It's just too much. But I can tell you this, is that Melchizedek is an unchangeable priesthood. It is a priesthood with a sworn oath. God said, I make you a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Are y'all here? In heaven, it will never change. This priesthood will be the same throughout eternity. Jesus will always be the high priest of the Melchizedek priesthood. It's not going to change in eternity. Amen? There's nobody that can sin and mess up and change this priesthood. That's so powerful. Do you know that the Levitical priest never had an oath with it? Because it was for an appointed time. Everybody say it gave the law. See, what the law did is cause people to recognize they were sinners and that they needed a Savior. Amen? And so if you're running around trying to practice law today, you've got an evil conscience. Are y'all here? And you know what? The Father cannot tabernacle where there's an evil conscience. You've got to believe in the blood of Jesus. You've got to believe that no matter what I've done, that blood is still working in me. Amen? And we confess our sin. He's faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He forgives us and cleanses us. Glory to God. We appreciate that. Glory to God. Now listen to this in verse 14. Listen to this. Second, everybody say the first sacrifice is my tithes and offerings to sanctify my spirit. Listen to this in verse 14. It says, for it is evident that our, our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there rises another priest who is made and, and not after the law of carnal commandments, but after the power of endless life. See, your priesthood is not made after the law of carnal commandments. Did you know that if you are legalistic and you're still practicing being a lawyer, that you will make the New Testament law? 
The New Testament's not supposed to be law either. It's supposed to be spirit. And it's supposed to be interpreted by people that are walking in the spirit. And if you don't do that, you get all kinds of divisions. You get all kinds of denominations. Come on, are you out here? But because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Amen? Glory to God. So everybody say Judah. Judah means praise. Did you know why you're a royal priesthood? Because Jesus was born out of Judah. And when you came into being one with Jesus Christ, you became a Melchizedek priest, and you are a royal priesthood. You are a king and priest under the Most High God through Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, I always tell everybody Jesus was birthed out of praise and the Word of God in, in, in Peter uh, chapter 2, he says, We bring forth the sacrifice of praise unto God by Jesus Christ. Everybody say, Jesus is the new praise and worship leader of heaven. You don't think praise and worship is important? Are you kidding me? Your high priest is the praise and worship leader. Amen. He was born out of Judah. He was born out of praise to give praise. Amen. And glory to God, when I got born again, I joined him in that. And the sacrifice of praise deals with your flesh. Did you know if you're not a praiser, you'll probably never win anybody to the Lord. Come on, you'll never step out in faith and do anything because your flesh is lording over you. You've got fear in you. You've got intimidation in you. But I'm telling you, when you praise and worship God, you get into his presence. And everybody say, his presence. Y'all, isn't that something? You remember in uh, Kings chapter 19, it said, that, and the Lord passed by. When we passed by, there was a great wind, and the great wind broke up the rocks and all that. He said, but God wasn't in the wind. And then all of a sudden it says, and there was an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. And then he says, and then there was a fire, but God was not in the fire. And then came the still small voice. Everybody say, God's a spirit. The only way you're going to know who he is is by what he says. That's the reason why it says, be ye holy in all manner of conversation is his. Be ye holy as he is holy. Because only way you can be holy is to talk the way God talks. To agree with God in all your conversation. Are y'all here? You can't, you can't put makeup on a spirit. How can God be holy if he don't have makeup? Are y'all here? He's a spirit. You can't dress him in a certain way. Come on. He's a spirit. Y'all, holiness had to come from the spirit. If you want to know about the spirit, then you put on true holiness. Amen. And that means you change your conversation. Amen. Everybody say, I have a conversation of faith. I have a conversation that doesn't offend God. Amen. 
And so when you walk in a fluent conversation of faith and consistency, I'm telling you, God rules and reigns with you. It's powerful what he will do. He'll move heaven and earth for you. Amen. And it's so, so powerful. Glory to God. Everybody say, I put on the sacrifice of praise. And my flesh comes in subjection to God. It sanctifies my flesh. Amen. Now, there's a lot of things I could preach alongside that to build that case. But I think you get it. Do you get it? Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Now, there's one more sacrifice. Everybody say one more. Look in verse 25. It says, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession. Everybody say intercessory prayer. Sanctifies the soul. Now listen, y'all know this, Jude 20, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I've never heard anybody in most holy faith saying, we're all going to die. Are y'all here? It changes your conversation when you're in faith. Your faith will not look at a negative situation and give way to it. It will look for the answer. Are y'all here? And so intercession causes you to come into rest. It causes you to come into agreement with God. It causes you to think his thoughts. It causes you to believe the word that you put in your heart. Amen. And everybody say the Melchizedek priest, our high priest, lives to make intercession. And so these three sacrifices are so important in our life that we are tithers, that we praise and worship God, and that we make intercession to God. That is your priesthood. Your priesthood gives people Jesus and blesses them and receives tithes from them. Amen. Somebody said, well, what if somebody wants to tithe me because they're not going in church? Let them do it. They need to give. Are y'all here? And you know what? If they like you enough, they're giving to you. They'll start following you, and they'll follow you right into the church. Amen? If you want to, you say, well, I don't want their money. Well, you can take it and put it in the church. Amen? But people follow their treasure. If you buy a bass boat, Probably next Sunday you'll be on a river. Amen? Some of you have set up businesses and you said God called you to set it up, but your business takes you away from the body of Christ. There's no way that God did that. You have set yourself in a cursed position. Did you know Ephesians chapter 4 is God's method of growing you up? And it means you've got to come under five-fold ministry and you've got to be a part of the body. Amen? And you're coming to a place that you learn to edify and build people up in love. Amen? So, you know, somebody says, 
Well, God gave me a word from them. I'm going to tell them about whether they like it or not. And I thought, well, they're not going to like it with your attitude. You can tell them they're going to heaven. They'll get mad at you because they think it's today. Are y'all here? <laughs> Come on. What good is it you have a word from God and not deliver it in a way it can be received? If you deliver a word from God in a way they can't receive it, you are useless as a prophet. God has not given you a word for somebody to tear them down. He's given you a word for them to free them and bring them into a place of working in God. So if God gives you a word, it doesn't matter how hard it is, you deliver that word in love. You deliver that word knowing that God is fixing to do something with this. Amen? Instead of judging them before you even deliver the word. Come on. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I am a Melchizedek priest. I have three ministries. I give people Jesus. I bless them with all spiritual blessing. And I receive tithes. I have three sacrifices that I'm faithfully called to. I'm faithfully called to tithe. I'm faithfully called to praise. And I'm faithfully called to make intercession. And if you hadn't got to where you understand what all that is, get around some people that know. And learn. Grow. Step past that place of the flesh that's holding you back. Amen. God is not the author of fear. He's not the author of doubt and unbelief. And all your skepticism is not God. It's not you being a wise person. Come on, are y'all here? The wisdom of men of uh, the men, wisdom of men have made the word of God of none effect. Quit being stupid. Amen. Come on. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Now I had a dream. I had a dream. I was in uh, Cumming, Georgia. And I wasn't going to share this, Barry mentioned it, and then it just came back up in me, so I'm going to share it. Amen. Nothing to do with Melchizedek priesthood here. <laughs> Amen. We're fixing to let God be God. But I had a dream, and uh, I dreamed all night long. I tossed, and I turned, and I woke up really in a sweat. But when I woke up, there was a... Heavy, heavy anointing all through the dream. It was an incredible situation. And so what it was, I was standing in a church, and I was watching a move of God. Now, I believe I was watching the end time move. And I was standing in this church, and this move is sweeping through the church. And y'all, I see all the... Things that we've seen in former moves. There's a river running down the middle of the church. There's a wind blowing. There's fireballs dropping from the ceiling. I mean, to the point that I said, well, God, 
you've already moved like this. Aren't you going to do a new thing? He said, the way I manifest is the way I manifest. He said, I'm going to always manifest the way I have manifested in times past and in the future. Okay, so I said, all right, that's fine. So you can, you can do a new move and manifest the way you want to, you know. And uh, so this move was going on, and all the people in the church was laid on the floor because of the weightiness of the presence of God. The glory of God was in the house. And they were laying on the floor, and they were all conscious, and it was like they couldn't get out of the floor. And they were saying, I'm sorry, God. I'll do what you want me to do. I'm sorry, God. I'll do what you want me to do. They were screaming all over the sanctuary the same thing. And I thought, boy, if we really had a move, that might be the cry. Amen. And so they were laying there, and they were screaming that. And all of a sudden, I was on the platform in the front, and I was like in a place like this where people could walk right up to you. And there was a whole bunch of people up the front all of a sudden standing. And he said, I want you to lay hands on them. They're going to be spreaders. They're going to be spreaders of the move. And I was looking at them, and I could tell they weren't ministers. They were like regular body of Christ that hadn't come to a place of accepting a call or anything. And so I'm saying, God, they're going to be spreaders. And he said, yeah, they're not going to preach. They're not going to prophesy. But they're going to visit places. And wherever they visit, I'm going to bring a move. Are y'all here? And uh, I'm telling you, it was just so powerful. And so he said, I want you to lay hands on them. And so I'm laying hands on them, and, and they're all back in the floor, and the power of God's just everywhere. And, and I just know these guys are going to go visit this church, and there's going to be a move in it. These guys are going to visit this church, there's going to be a move in it. God said, I'm going to move wherever they go. They're going to go in their house, they're going to go into workplaces, and there's going to be moves of God released just because they walk in the door. And I'm like, man, that's so powerful. And so all of a sudden, I'm, I'm sitting there, and God said he, he had 12 leaders across the front, and they were ministers. And God said, I want you to lay hands on them. They're going to be ministers in the move, and they're going to carry my healing power, and they're going to carry prophetic words, and they're going to carry the word of the move. And I said, okay. And so 12 represents the number of government. And so God's government was at work in this move. And so the next thing I know, I'm laying hands on all of them. And, you know, I'm just telling you, it was so powerful. And I see this move. Y'all got to understand, this whole time I'm dreaming, I'm in such a heavy anointing, I can't hardly stand up. When I'm laying hands on these people, it's like wanting to knock me down. I'm just, I'm just enduring through this anointing that's going on. And, uh, and so all of a sudden in the morning time, I wake up. And when I wake up, 
Y'all, the anointing was not there. It wasn't there. And I was war slap out. I was just wore out, but I was so excited over the dream. I said, man, I'm fixing to do a Facebook Live. I'm going to let everybody know what just happened. And uh, I went on Facebook Live, and I told my dream. I told what was going on. And I got all these messages that come back. I want to be a spreader. I want to be a spreader. I want to be a spreader. And, and then I would go and visit churches and preach at them. And, and they would come to the front, and I'm praying for healing and deliverance and things like that. And they'd say, I want to be a spreader. And just everywhere I went, they wanted to be a spreader. <laughs> Amen. I just want God to show up wherever I go. I just think, y'all, this last day move is going to be a move like we have never dreamed. We have never. He's not, he's not going to waste any of his resources. You are a resource of God. Believe me, if you don't know nothing but God loves you, he's going to use you. Amen? Hallelujah. If you don't prophesy and you don't move in healing, just don't be surprised that God creates a move. You'll go in a place and sit down. Next thing you know, God will show up. And you'll go, wow, man, they got a move of God going on here. But you released it. <laughs> Amen. Glory unto God. Hallelujah. Everybody say, the Melchizedek priesthood is real. I am a Melchizedek priest. And I'm going to do what God's called me to do. Now you know your priesthood and you know your ministry. Go get them. Amen. Go get them. <laughs>